0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Clear Cut Sports. I'm your host Seth. Hope you all had a fabulous weekend. This is a Monday edition of the show. Um, <clears throat> hope everyone's doing well out there. Let's get right into it. <clears throat> Roger Goodell came out with a statement on behalf of the NFL. And he said a lot of a lot of things, and a lot of people took it different ways personally, I thought he did a tremendous job. I loved it <clears throat> i love I, I a couple of key things I did like about it <clears throat> I like how we he admitted the n f l was wrong in the past <clears throat> you know by not listening um not listening to its players and um by um not recognizing you know, the racism and discrimination, uh, systemic racism in the NFL. I think that's a massive leap forward for um, trying to get through these tough times. I think he did a great job. Uh, I I personally like how he encouraged peaceful protest. Emphasis on peaceful. Because if he had just said, you know, I encourage everyone to protest, well... A lot of people could take that the wrong way um, by um, inciting that he meant, you know, you know, uh, looting and rioting and and things of the nature, but he said peacefully protest and why wouldn't they? I think that's great that he said peacefully. Um, He's admitting it himself. Now he's calling on the players um, to kind of make make the next, I don't want to say make the next move because that's not, they shouldn't have to do that, but. Saying it's okay, we're with you, um, we're backing you in these tough times, and that change is definitely uh, required going forward. So I think that was another great point. And one of his last things he said was something along the lines of the NFL wouldn't be where it is without the black, uh, black players, and that kind of drove it home, really. I think that was a great ending. To the speech, he's absolutely positively correct. Um, The NFL is majority black players, and they, you know, they run the league. Essentially, well, they don't run the league um, from a from an executive standpoint. But without them, Roger Goodell is absolutely correct. The NFL would not be where it's at today. So, uh, throughout the speech, I loved what he said. For the most, no, not for the most part, for all of it. Now, there's one thing I will say. If he, I think if Goodell really wants to drive this home, if he really wants to take that next step forward, because if you remember in the speech somewhere along the lines, he said, I will protest with you. I think if we see Roger Goodell, you know, protesting in some way, shape or form, peacefully, of course, then that will just sum it up and that will be the moment where we say, okay, he means he means what he said, it's genuine, he believes in the cause, he wants he wants change. And that he has this the back of all of the NFL players. If we see that, now what he whether he's in the streets. You know, on a march with a bunch of other protesters. Whether he does, does or says something, you know, publicly or holds a public rally or something. Whatever it may be. I think if he can do that, that would definitely go, go a long way. For himself, for the NFL. Most importantly for the players. And of course, all of those were affected by systemic racism. So, absolutely love Goodell's speech. I think it was bang on. Um, kind of an aside, what does this mean for Kaepernick? Tough to say. We haven't heard much about it. Of course, you know, in 2016 is where, um, where he, he started taking the knee. And at that point, you know, Goodell kind of wasn't for it. Um, but now he clearly changed his tune. Will we see Kaepernick um, in an NFL uniform sometime soon? I still think he has to earn the right. Um, he is he has been clearly blackballed by the NFL and the owners and the teams. Um, but now he will still have to earn his way in. Teams can't go just sign him just because they want to look. You know, look. Oh, look, we signed Kaepernick. We're, we're we fight injustice. No, you have to earn it. It has to be right. And I hope he does get a chance, because I do think he is definitely, if he was in the league, he is definitely one of the 32 best quarterbacks. You're telling me you would rather Gardner Minshew over Colin Kaepernick? You know, Jameis Winston? Marcus Mariota? And there's a couple other fringe guys that we don't know yet. So he's definitely one of the 32 best. If not, I think he's a starter, but he could definitely be a backup absolutely anywhere. So hopefully he gets a shot. I hope he does. I'm rooting for him, but it has to be done right. He has to earn it. Teams aren't just going to give it to him, and I think that's the way it should be. But they definitely should give him a chance because he has been being blackballed for way too long. And times have changed we are we are changing now as a society so it's about time moving on here <clears throat> Michael Irving came out you know former Dallas Cowboy legendary Dallas Cowboy of course and of course, I thought we were done with the Dak Prescott thing for a while and then here we go. It rears its ugly head. Mike Irving said something along the lines of the Cowboys should pay Dak and give him some back pay for, you know, his rookie year. First of all, that's how rookie years work. Rookie contracts work now. They get grossly underpaid for the first four or five years. And if they perform well, they get a big extension. That's kind of what we've seen. We're going to see it with Mahomes. We've seen it with Goff. We've seen it with Wentz. Among others. But most importantly, I can't believe I have to say this again. Dak Prescott is not a top 10 quarterback. He's not. I I, I don't understand what people... I I must be missing something. And if I am, I I apologize. But, you know, you you can point to the numbers all you want. And he's had decent numbers, don't get me wrong. But they're not Mahomes' numbers. They're not Rodgers' numbers, Wilson numbers. Breeze numbers, you know, like I think I think anyone would be a fool to put them in the top, you know, four or five, and then there's a lot of argument about about the about the you know six to ten ish for top. Just for sake of argument, we're talking top ten here. So it just I I I don't understand where the viewpoint is of how, why Dak should get a massive contract extension. Now I will say it's kind of a it's kind of how the, the times are now. <clears throat> you know, if you your quarterback, it kind of sets the market, you know, Kirk Cousins got a massive deal, is he worth that? Probably not, but the market dictated that he get this amount. Quarterbacks, notoriously, over the past couple of years, have gotten probably a lot more than they should have, but teams need a quarterback at such a vital position, they're willing to overpay. I understand that completely. I get it 100%. But if you're telling me, and by the way, don't forget that the Cowboys just signed Andy Dalton. So you're saying that Dak Prescott should take up about 15% of your salary. And that is your best way, that is your best choice of action for winning. And according to Michael Irvin, with some back pay. So, you know, whatever that would be, which isn't going to happen. The Rams just paid Jared Goff. Prime example, the Rams paid Jared Goff. A massive contract extension. And then, who, who would you rather have, Jared Goff, or D- Jared Goff or Dak Prescott? I'd say it's a pretty, you know, it could go either way. Personally, I would lean slightly, just slightly towards Prescott. And now look what the Rams are doing. They made the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, they're on the downswing, it seems. A lot of people have high hopes for them this year coming. I do not. I see them as mediocre at best, but that's a conversation for another day. It's a perfect example of what happens when you overpay a a mediocre quarterback. When Patrick Mahomes gets his extension, it can be $10 billion, and I would say that's a good sign by the Kansas City Chiefs, because he is worth it, because he is the best quarterback in the league. Same with Russell Wilson. Outside of those two guys, I'll give Lamar Jackson another year, then I... If he does keep it up, I will say the same thing. Those two, for now, Wilson and Mahomes, I, and, you know, <clears throat> Rogers, Breeze, etc., but I don't say that because they're, they're getting old. But Wilson and, and Mahomes, blank check, here you go. Thanks for doing business. And, you know... It's a results-orientated league. You can say what you want about Dak Prescott, but hear me out with this. Dak Prescott comes into the league. You know, his first kind of starting here. Absolutely excellent offensive line. Good weapons. Z- good. I should say good wide receiver tight end. A star running back in Ezekiel Elliott. So his offense, boom, surrounded by town, and anywhere you look, and the defense, you know, while people say, not counting last year, it has been exceptional. And what have we seen? You know, nothing, no, no NFC Championship games. No Super Bowl appearances. And half the time he missed the playoffs. Now, granted, the Eagles are in your division, but that kind of, you know, it's you and the Eagles. You should be able to make one of the two wildcard teams, at least. With that talent, And people appointed Jason Garrett, oh, yeah. Well, the coach can't get all of the blame, can he? So Dak Prescott has been surrounded by talent. And we haven't seen we haven't seen that top level of quarterback play. We just haven't. So I'm sticking to my guns with this one. No, he should not set the market. He might, he probably will. But we'll see what happens, but I thought we were done with this. And here, just one more thing about this. Top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Now, right now, we'll take the current situation. Dak Prescott with Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. So you get an excellent running back, of course. A great number one receiver and a good supporting cast for your second and third receivers. And your offensive line is still very good. You lost your center, but your guards and tackles are still very good. Here's my list of top ten quarterbacks I did a while ago, and you tell me whether you think the if these guys were in place of Dak Prescott, how they would do. Are you ready? Here we go. First couple are going to be obvious. <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter who he what he's with, he's going to be excellent, and the team's going to be excellent. Same thing as Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, I would say the same thing. So those are the top three. <clears throat> Drew Brees, I would say he does excellent. Lamar Jackson, we have to say he does good. He's an excellent quarterback. Okay, so there's the top five. I don't think anyone will put Dak Prescott ahead of them. Regardless of what we're talking about here. So let's get into the into the 6-10 through 10 here. Deshaun Watson, who has played excellent level of football in an atrocious dumpster fire of an organization, that is the Houston Texans. Yes, he had DeAndre Hopkins, but yes, he was also running for his life and had no running game to speak of. And he only had the one weapon. DeAndre Hopkins in Dallas, I think he'd like that online in a consistent running game. I'll take Deshaun Watson. Carson Wentz, injury riddled. However, that aside, he could be the second coming. When he's on the field and he plays, he is exceptional. Philly will build a statue of Carson Wentz outside of the stadium before when his career's over. So I'll take Carson Wentz. Tom Brady with those weapons in that O-line. Tom Brady gets rid of the ball like that. He, Him and CeeDee Lamb would be an excellent duo because CeeDee Lamb will probably play a lot of slot like Julian Edelman. he hit him all over the field. An O-line, he's always had a good O-line, but never that good. And an excellent running game, Tom Brady over Dak Prescott. You know, Tom Brady instead of Dak Prescott, sign me up. So that's 6-7-8. and eight. So here's nine ten. This is where you could you, you can make some arguments. I'll give you that. No, number nine was Matt Ryan, Atlanta Falcons. We seen Matt Ryan, former MVP, definitely does not have a consistent running game whatsoever. We'll see now with the addition of Todd Gurley. Has an has an excellent receiver in Julio Jones, kind of similar to Deshaun Watson. Only Matt Ryan has a little bit of an offensive line. <clears throat> so if you put Matt Ryan, who has a cannon, by the way, in the shoes of Dak Prescott, I would tell, I would suggest that Matt Ryan has a better result. So, so right now, where I'm at, one through nine, I would take up Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson... Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes for the Dallas Cowboys situation. Number 10, Matthew Stafford. I love Matthew Stafford. I'm probably a little biased here because that's I just like him that much. i probably put him in my top 10 where a lot of other people wouldn't. But I'm 50-50 on this one. I would lean Matt Stafford because, speaking of dumpster fire organizations, he has had absolutely nothing to work with. No weapons, no running game, sub offensive line at best. The Detroit Lions is an abomination, so we don't know what he would do with some weapons in an offensive line in a running game. I would tend to think he does a lot better. And last year, before he got hurt, he was already putting up MVP numbers. So I would take Matt Stafford over Dak Prescott for that Dallas Cowboys situation. So boom, there's my top 10 all better than Dak Prescott in the the Dallas Cowboys situation. And then a couple of other guys, you know, 11 through 15 or whatever. Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G, Jared Goff, and I have Kyler Murray here who I think is going to have a breakout season. But anyways, with Dak Prescott, of course. So he's kind of in that, you know, 11 to 15 range. I think the top 10 does better than Dak Prescott would if they were in Dak Prescott's shoes with all the weapons, the the line, and whatnot. So, and here we are going to set the market with Dak Prescott. Good luck, Dallas. You better pay attention to what happened to the Rams when they paid Jared Goff. Last topic for today. <clears throat> On Friday, um, I said that it'd be interesting if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving played for the Nets in the you know the shortened season. Kevin Durant has since then came out and said he's not playing; he's done for the year. And, of course, from a fan's perspective, we don't want to see that. We want to see the best players in the court. But you have to take it from KD's perspective. You can't blame him for not wanting to play. By rights, he probably should be 100% ready to go. But we don't know that. He knows his body better than anyone. You have to be mentally prepared as well. You know, you don't want to go and have Half thinking and guessing yourself the whole time. That can also cause another injury. So I don't blame KD at all. Of course, we would like to see him play. Um, <clears throat> would have made things very interesting right off the get-go. But it it's all right. We'll forgive him for this. I will anyways. I think everyone will forgive him for this. And plus next year, you know, he might look at this and say, ah, oh, geez, we're going in the 7th seed right off the bat. We're going to play in Toronto, and if we do win that, we'll play another tough team. He may think, I want to set myself up better than a 7th seed, get into the top three, and especially for next season when they there should be, hopefully will be, <clears throat> normal circumstances and you will actually have home court. So I can totally see that, no problem. <clears throat> But if he is a hundred percent mentally and physically, if he's been cleared by doctors, what do you have to lose this season? and I'm not trying to pressure him into playing, but what do you have to lose this season? Because if we get swept in the first round, oh well. Kevin Durant, you know, the excuses are everywhere. Kevin Durant, he didn't have time to gel with his teammates. He's fresh off the injury. Toronto's a good team, et cetera, et cetera, or whoever they play. It would be Toronto right now. So if you lose, no worries. And if you make it a couple rounds, yeah, that's even even better. Great. And then you can say, oh, look at this. The Nets made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and Kevin Durant didn't even play one, you know, regular season game with the rest of his team, so they're going to be way better next year. All of these things lead to one common conclusion, however. There's going to be a ton of pressure on the Brooklyn Nets next year. A ton. <clears throat> <clears throat> Because Kevin Durant will be fresh, hundred percent fresh. He won't be have tweaked anything in this shortened season. It's going to be close to five hundred or so days since his last, since you know he got hurt, which is a lot more time than a lot of other players with the same injury have taken. So he should be fresh. Are we going to see the results now? Top, put that on with you have Kyrie Irving. You have DeAndre Jordan. You There's a potential you have Bradley Beal. You have a great supporting cast. Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. <clears throat> Kevin Durant. The pressure is on. You have to deliver next season. Can't be the season after. <clears throat> Can't be two after. Next season is going to be crucial for the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant. <clears throat> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Clear Cut Sports. Thought I'd do it for this episode. Till next time, stay safe, everybody.